You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 12 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I am so excited to bring you a conversation with my dear friend, Hope Garcia. Hope and I met um, when she was Hope Maglich back in Monterey, Mexico, when we were both on staff with Back to Back Ministries, and she'll tell you all about that. Um, We had the founder of Back to Back on in Season 1, Beth Guggenberger, so if you're interested in all the things Hope is talking about over the course of the next 30 minutes, then pop back to season one. I'll link it. It'll be linked in our show notes. um, And you can listen to Beth's episode as well. But Hope is the co-director of the back-to-back location in the Dominican Republic. So we met in Mexico. She's now in the DR. And she has quite the story of just how God has worked in her life to lead her to where she is today. So Hope, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. And as we get started, I was wondering if you could share how you came to know the Lord and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah. So um, by God's grace, I grew up in a Christian family. So the Lord and His Word and His heart and all of that stuff was just a part of my up green up my growing up, (laughs) upbringing. Um, And from a very young age, my parents were teaching me about God, teaching me about Christ. And so, you know, my mom has stories of me praying a prayer of salvation when I was like four or five that I don't necessarily remember. But I remember growing up and having that always just Jesus be a part of my life, my relationship, my family. Um, when I got older, obviously there came moments in my life where I had to make my faith my own. And I remember being 10 and really making a decision of saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be my Lord. And then after that, you know, more phases as I went and got more mature and grew up through middle school and through high school. Um, a lot of the things that really impacted me in those years was actually being involved in the youth group at my church. And it was actually through that youth group that I took my very first mission trip with back to back down to Monterey, Mexico, um, when I was 14. And so, so getting into, you know, what I do and how I got there, it really started when I was in middle school and I took a one-week mission trip during Thanksgiving break down to work in some children's homes in Monterey, Mexico. Um, I, I never thought during that trip that I would spend a number of years in that exact same location and continue working with Back to Back for now, almost 14 years. But I did know after that first trip coming back, I didn't know that God was calling me into missions. And so my parents are a little nervous because I was 14 and they're like, we still want you to go to high school and college. And I was like, well, that I do too. But I, I feel like God is calling my heart into ministry. And so it really, things kind of started then. Mm, wow. So, I mean, you knew you were going to do ministry at that point. So what made you end up with back to back? How did that happen? 
So um, I graduated from college. I got a degree in early childhood education. Um, I had continued to visit back to back in Monterey, Todd and Beth Guckenberger, who were the directors there, um, and had just visited and done one week mission trips and some summer stint projects and stuff with back to back all through high school and college. So I was familiar with it. And um, during my senior year, actually, Beth Guckenberger called me up and she was like, we are looking for a teacher for our staff kids on our campus. We have a little basically two room schoolhouse. We, we would love for you to come once you graduate. And so I prayed about it, felt like I was saying, yes, I knew I needed to raise support. And so I started working on that. Um, I had a one-year commitment. And so I went down for what was supposed to be one year to teach kids in a little staff school, staff kid school. And um, and God just took it from there. And so I've now been on staff with Back to Back. It'll be 14 years this summer. Mm. And while you were in Mexico, I believe you also met your husband with Back to like through Back to Back. Can I you, did. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yes, um, that's one of my favorite stories. So um, that very first year that I arrived in Monterey to teach, um, I was focused on the schools, focused on teaching. And earlier that same year, before I got there, my husband, his name is Cheque, him and his family, he's um, from a southern state in Mexico. They had moved from that state up to Monterey, Mexico. His parents were working for back-to-back -back ministries as house parents in a, in a teen education program. And he was going to school. So he'd actually been a few years in Monterey. He was studying in the university. And it's just customary for college students in Mexico to stay with their mom and dad, live with them until they get married. Like that's, they don't really have the dorm life thing we have here. So um, so he was living with his parents on our back-to-back -back campus and going to school, but then volunteering. And so I met him because I was on the campus teaching and our paths would cross, you know, like every day because you're neighbors. And we began hanging out and being friends and talking. And that turned into um, dating for two years. And then it turned into our engagement and turned into our marriage. And now we've just last year celebrated 10 years of marriage. I can't believe it's been 10 years. Yeah, you were at our wedding. <laughs> I was. I was. Oh, and it's one of my favorite memories from Mexico. Um, and now you have two boys. I do. I have Mateo, who is five and a half, and Marco, who just turned two. Oh, and they're adorable. And you are no longer in Mexico. So now you're in the, the DR, the Dominican Republic. How did that happen? What surprising doors has God kind of opened along along the way? Well, that is not another whole story. Um, so yeah, so I was in I was in Mexico in Monterey. That's where I, I originally decided to go. That's where I met my husband. That's where I got married. That's where I had my first baby. I'd been there for a number of years. Um, but really from the time my husband and I got married, we felt like God had spoken to us that we weren't going to stay in Monterey for forever that he was going to move us. And so we began praying like shortly after our wedding. Okay, God, you know, we're ready. <laughs> like you said, you're going to move us. What's that going to look like? And as always, his timing is very different than my timing. Cause I thought it would be like, Oh, this next year. And in my mind, it was the perfect time because we were young and we were energetic and newly wed. And it was like the perfect time to have an adventure and move to a country and serve the Lord and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, and it just didn't happen. Nothing happened for, for a while. And so I actually got pregnant. I had my first baby. We moved into a bigger apartment. We were kind of like finally starting to get settled. And, um, and that's when God really opened the door. And so during my seasons of 
questioning God and saying, okay, I felt like you told us we were going to move us and you didn't. Um, I had a lot of journaling. I had a lot of writing, a lot of prayers. And there was one moment very specifically that I was journaling um, and praying and asking God, okay, you said you're going to move us, but you haven't. Like, did I not hear you? And I felt like God spoke very clearly to my heart. And he said, you know, I am going to move you and you're, you're going to know because there's going to be open doors and red carpets, which was kind of really random, but I felt like he spoke that to my heart. And so I just wrote it down, put the date, put my journal away, totally forgot about it. Um, went around my day job, being a mom, being a missionary, being a wife. Um, and like almost nine months went by. And um, after those nine months, we were in a, a meeting with a global meeting of all of the sites that back to back has or had at that point all on like a zoom meeting. And our director um, was talking just about the ministry and encouraging people in this meeting. And then somebody asked during that meeting, you know, would you ever consider opening a new site somewhere? Um, And he said, yes, you know, we would. And, And it's kind of interesting. We've been making all these trips to the Dominican Republic. And he just started sharing about going to the Dominican Republic. Um, and he felt how God was just opening some surprising doors. And then he said, you know, I was there and on my last trip, um, I met with some different folks in the DR. And the only way I can describe it, it was like there were these open doors and these red carpets for our ministry to, to come in. So yeah, immediately I had like chills run down my back and I was like, uh, oh, wow. And I immediately remembered what I felt like God had spoken to me nine months before. So we finished the meeting. I went upstairs. I hadn't even told my husband nine months before what I felt like God had spoken to me, but I whipped out my journal and I, and I found the day and, and I said, check a look at this. And I was like, God said, we're going to know, cause there's going to be an open door and a red carpet. That's what they just said. But about the Dominican Republic, like what should we do? And, um, my very wise husband, he said, you know, we, we don't need to do anything. He's like, we need to pray. And if this is God, he will continue to open the doors and to lay down the carpet for us. Like if this is really him. And so we just prayed and said, okay, God, if this is you, um, bring about the invitation. Like nobody knows, nobody knows, but you, what you've spoken to us. And so we didn't say anything to anyone about three months went by and our um, executive director was in Monterey and he texted me and he was like, I'd really like to talk with you guys. Um, Can I come up? you know, this, on this certain night for coffee. And I said, yes, of course. And I looked at Cheke and I was like, this is our invitation. I was like, I just know it. And so our director came up and sure enough, he said, you know, we're looking to go into the Dominican Republic. Your guys' names have come up. Would you consider going and helping to start a site there? And so I knew in my heart that we were going to end up in the Dominican Republic um, at that point, even before that point, actually, it, God still had to open doors and put down carpets and bring things about. So it was still another about year and a half before we actually landed here in the DR with a lot of up and downs and crazy things that happened. Um, but that was kind of the story about how we actually ended up leaving a country that we love. We love Mexico and moving to a whole new place to start something new. Wow. Yeah, that gave me chills all over. So, and I mean, Chucky's wisdom was so good of just wait and pray. Like if this is of the Lord, he'll send the invitation. And I feel like that is a word for somebody out there. And also for me specifically, because it's so easy to want to rush forward. Like, I feel like in that meeting, if that was me and I heard the open doors and red carpets, I would have immediately been on the Zoom chat like, oh, oh, 
I'm volunteering. That one's for me. I want that position. You know, like trying to strive and make it happen. And so for someone who's listening out there, what encouragement do you have where they feel like God is working and moving and they want to make it happen themselves? They're trying, they're like spinning their wheels when they really need to be like waiting. Do you have any encouragement for them? Well, first I would say um, I'm right there with you because it is not my personality to just sit and wait. That's one of the hardest things. Like the scriptures that talk about being still and knowing that he's God, like it's, I'm, it's hard for me to be still. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, um, obviously I needed the encouragement and reminding from my husband to just sit and to wait. Um, But I think in doing that, we were really able to see God do the work and not us. Mm. And so now looking back, I really appreciated it. Even though it was a lot of self-control and tell me, let me tell you, there were days where I was like, check it. We've got to email him and just tell him like God wants us to. And my husband was like, you know, I think we just need to wait. And I think we just need to pray. And because we did that looking back, it was so much more clear to me that God wanted us here. Because I think if I had jumped ahead and I had sent an email and I had said, oh, I want to come when things got rough later on, which they have, um, it would have been easy for me to question and say, oh, was that just my idea? Like, did I really hear you? Maybe I just thought that was a good idea and it wasn't really you, God. But I feel like because we waited and let God open and move in his time to me, that's an assurance. Even on the tough days, I say, okay, God, no, mm. I know you want us here because you did this. Yeah. We did this. Yeah. Oh, that is good. And, you know, you've mentioned a few times where you feel like God has given you an encouragement or a specific word or shown you something. For those people out there who maybe feel like they have experienced God in that way, but they're not really sure, like, how do you discern when something is from the Lord? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like, again, um, it doesn't happen to me all the time. Um, There are many times that I'm unsure. There are so many times that I'm like, oh, I feel like maybe that was God speaking to me or maybe that was a word, but I'm not sure. Um, And then there have been other moments where I just know. I just know in my heart. And I feel like for, for someone who's unsure, obviously it's, it's always good to continue to bring that to the Lord and continue to say, okay, I felt like you said that. Was that you? You know, confirm that to me, show me. And a lot of times God confirms through his word. A lot of times he confirms through other people. There've been times I felt like God spoke something to me and I've not mentioned it to anyone. And then my husband will say the same thing. And I'll be like, okay, God, that must've been you. And, um, and looking for those confirmations and asking God to confirm, I think that that can really help. Mm. Um, when you're unsure. And I I think part of it too, is just continuing to grow in relationship with the Lord. I mean, the word says the sheep know his voice. And so if we spend time with him, we will begin to discern and to know more of his voice. And I think the more we spend in his word, the more we spend praying, Mm. um, it'll be easier. It has been easier for me. The more I get to know him, to know when something is from the Lord, when something's just from me, when something's not at all from, you know, anything good. But I think a lot of that just comes through cultivating relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And, you know, like with your word about the open doors and the red carpets, you just wrote it down and then let it be, you know, and then Mm -hmm. later it was, sometimes it just takes time to, Uh to see what comes of it. 
and mm-hmm. something big came of that one. Yeah, no kidding. Yes. Um, so we've talked about, you know, you're in the DR and you work for Back to Back, but we haven't really actually mentioned what Back to Back is, which I feel like we should circle back. So what is it that you're actually doing in the DR? Great question. So um, Back to Back is a Christian international nonprofit organization um, specifically focused on working with orphaned and vulnerable children around the globe. And so Back to Back has, I think, eight sites right now in many different countries, um, but all with that focus. So it looks different in every site, but our focus are it's children, um, kids who need to know God, who are in difficult circumstances. And so one of the things I love about what we do is that our ministry is very focused um, in several different areas. So we want to see kids become dependent on Christ. We want to see them become independent adults and interdependent in their community. And we know that that comes through, um, you know, a variety of different things. We can't just focus in just one area. So we focus on, we focus on spiritual growth with children. We focus on educational needs, um, physical needs, social needs, and emotional needs. The idea is to kind of help a child holistically come to health and healing and growth so that they can be, you know, just a a healthy adult in their community. Mm, That is so beautiful and so needed. Um, As you've been, you know, walking out that mission, are there any things that come to mind of ways that God has just blown you away when your back's up against the wall and he has just provided like only he can? Oh my goodness. I feel like there are so many ways and stories of God opening doors and providing because more than, you know, our passion and heart for these kids, God is really passionate about the orphan child. And that's all through scripture. And he, his promises are to provide and to protect and to, um, to bring in fulfillment, to fulfill the needs of these kids as their heavenly father. And so even more, I feel like than me doing things, I see God come in and, um, and do some amazing stuff. So, I mean, whether that's through, you know, different provisions financially for different kids and scholarships and things to be able to go to school through, um, you know, obviously meeting Christ and coming to know him and having those needs met. Um, I feel like we've seen God come through in a lot of obviously financial ways um, for the kids we serve back in Mexico. There were a bunch of ways here in the DR we've had, um, you know, people who've donated here to the ministry. So we have the resources that we need to work with the kids that we work with on on a daily basis. And I see all of those things as God, his hand providing for kids um, because he loves them. Yeah. And what has he taught you about his character through through all of this? Oh, goodness. Um, So many things. I feel like I feel like one of the main things he's taught me is just about his loving kindness um, and his compassion, his, his graciousness. And, you know, it says so many times in the Psalms that he's slow to anger and abounding in love. And I feel like um, walking through these years, working in my own life and working with other individuals that have some really tough situations in their lives, seeing how much grace God has for us and how big his loving kindness is and how, slow he is to anger. I feel like that's one of the things that I'm continuing to learn about him. But one of the things I'm currently in this season really experiencing and understanding is his true nature as a father and what that what that actually looks like. I think we can have ideas 
um, based on our own experiences with our own parents or um, the culture that we grew up in, what it means for God to be a father to us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the more that I work with kids who have very sadly twisted views of a father and mother relationship because of their life circumstances or abuses they've been through. Um, And then those individuals coming to know Jesus and coming to see him as a restored father. I feel like I begin to see, wow, there are so many ways that God fulfills that need for a father. And he is that perfect father. Mm -hmm. And so even if we have, you know, issues in our home lives or with our parents, Um, What we need to be doing is looking to God to understand how a father is, truly is a perfect father to us, not so much around, you know, looking horizontally at the people in our lives. And so I feel like that's one of the big things I've been learning about God and his character is is his loving kindness as a father and his, his slowness to anger toward his children. That's just amazing. Yeah. That is so good. What are some things along the way that you've had to release in order to continue to move forward with God and give God your yes? Ooh, so many. (laughs) Um, Definitely my plan and my timing and my way. Um, Nothing I, nothing I have planned on my own has actually come to fruition. (laughs) And I'm very happy with where I am um, right now. And it's only because God, you know, I plan my ways and God directs my steps. And so um, I feel like submitting my will to him has been huge. And one of the most recent things, obviously in the past few years was just submitting both me and my husband, our, our love for Mexico. He's Mexican. We love that culture, that community. We love that food. We have family there. We love that country in submitting, you know, that desire, that love for that nation to God and saying, you know, we say yes to you, even if that means leaving behind this country that we love and moving somewhere completely new. That's, that's very different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's one thing that I've, you know, had to submit to the Lord. I think another thing I've submitted to the Lord has been, um, just, becoming a mom. And I've always wanted to have kids and I've always wanted to be a mom. I love being a mom, um, but I've always been a career missionary. So even before I was married, I was a missionary and then I was a married missionary and now I'm a mom missionary. And, um, and it's different, especially with my time. So I was used to having, you know, all my week, all of my time, even nights sometimes devoted to the people I was serving. And as a married couple without children, you know, we had even double the time to devote to the ministry. And now that we have young kids, especially, um, I know that my part of my responsibility and my devotion needs to be to my family. And so I feel like one of my yeses to the Lord has been saying yes to the children that he's giving me. And then yes, also to change the way my ministry looks sometimes. So sometimes that looks like ministering to my own biological children and then ministering to these children on the street. Or sometimes that's me in my home all day with my young kids. So my husband is out working with the kids who are in, in the homes or on the street. Um, and it's, it's different for me. And so I feel like that's been another thing that God has had me just submit to him is my time and the way my time is organized and my focus and what ministry really looks like, um, how that looks being a mom on the mission field um, and all of that. So, 
those are some recent things. Yeah. And as you were, you know, talking about that, I feel like one of the lies that the devil would love for mothers, especially to believe, is that their work at home isn't like big enough or they're not like they're missing out on something somewhere else because of what they're doing. And um, I don't know if you I was wondering if you had some encouragement for maybe a mom out there or even someone who just feels like the season that they're in feels much smaller than what they're used to. And, you know, I use the term smaller loosely, you know, it's, yeah, it's all a perspective, but someone who just feels like they w- feel like they need to be doing more and yet God has him them here. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of discouraging at times. Yes. I, I mean, I totally relate to that. For, for me, that was when I became a mom because I, I was used to spending 45 plus hours a week out on the, on the front lines. And suddenly I had this needy baby that needed me and I'm the only one who can meet their needs. And um, I feel like God's worked a lot in my heart, like you said, to understand that we as human beings, we like to put things on levels and we like Mm -hmm. to label things. And we like to say certain things are more important than other things. And that God isn't like that. He doesn't, he doesn't look at like that. And so he was really speaking to me when I had um, little babies at home and just saying, hope, you know, the scripture that talks about, you know, when you love the least of these, you're loving me. And I had always pictured, yeah, these are the kids in the children's homes that we serve, the kids on the stream, loving them, the least of these. And, And so I'm loving Christ. And um, God started to show me when you're loving that little baby that I put into your family, you're also loving me and you're serving me because yeah. this is also my beautiful child. And so beginning to realize I have a ministry to my own kids. Like if I can minister and create, you know, with God's help, obviously instill into them the knowledge of God and a heart for God and, and um, a desire to walk with him and to serve him. What greater things are they going to be able to do when they are adults? Um, so it's been indefinitely a shift of perspective. I feel like for those people who are listening, who, who feel like I want to be doing more, but God has me here, whether it's, you know, maybe you're like me and, and you're a mom of small kids, or maybe you have we would say like a secular job, you know, or you're teaching or most of your work hours are um, confined to, to a role that you have to fulfill in your heart is to do more ministry. I would encourage you to ask God, you know, what is my ministry right where I am? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the students you teach or your business clients, or maybe, you know, that's the, the coworker that's with you or, you know, they're everywhere we go and are, I think is a, a mission field. And so if we're open and we have a heart that says, use me, God, and we say yes to him, then no matter what your job looks like or where you are, or, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're on the mission field or you're in a business office, um, you, God is using you for his, his ministry and for his purpose and his calling to bring his light to this earth. And I think that's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Hope, what is your life message? Oh my goodness. My life message. um, I feel like my life message, if I could preach and teach and model one thing. Oh, that's hard. Um, It would be what I desire is I desire for people to know the true nature of God. 
not, not saying that I know that nature completely. I, I'm growing in it, but I want people to know the true God. And I feel like as I study scripture and walk through life, more daily things are being revealed to me. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I thought you were this way. And now I'm seeing you're not, you're this way. And that's amazing. You know, I thought that you, you were a God who, you know, we get angry when I, when I messed up and now I'm realizing, man, your, your loving kindness is so much bigger than, than your justice and your anger. It, it you love like that. And, and I feel like, I work with a lot of people who, because of their life circumstances, um, tend to kind of have a negative view of God. And so they tend, a lot of kids tend to view God as someone who, who gets angry with them or someone who is just looking to, you know, hit them over the head with a lightning bolt or something like that because of the things that they've done, um, because that's what they've experienced a lot of times in the culture they've lived in or in their family life. And I feel like my life message is to communicate to people the loving kindness of our father and that he desires so much to be in relationship with them. And so I know that that's a lifelong pursuit and a lifelong message that I'm not perfect at and I'm getting better at daily. But if that is one thing that I could communicate, I'd want to try accurately to represent to my children, to the kids that I work with, to the adults that I work with in my life to accurately represent who God is and his, his amazing nature. Yes. Amen. We are almost out of time. It goes so fast. So as we wrap up, what did I miss? Is there any final thought or word of encouragement or story that you Um, need to share before we go? I need to share. Um, Oh goodness. I think I would, I don't know. I feel like I've shared the things that are on my heart. I think it would just encourage people um, just to pursue God and to continue to seek out his heart, even in difficult situations that are easy to look at and to say, either that's not God or try and define his character by our experience. I think my encouragement would be, to ask God, where are you in this situation? What are you teaching me? And who are you? Mm-hmm. What is your character? You reveal to me your character yeah. in this situation. I feel like that would be my encouragement to people listening. That we would continually pursue to dis- God and discover more of who he is. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. So there is one more thing I want to do if you're open to it before we go. So I had shared with you um, before we started the conversation, before we started recording that, um, you know, and I'll cue in the listeners. So Hope and I lived together for two years in Mexico as roommates. And she didn't realize it at the time, but she was teaching me how to pray just by hearing her pray. We did a lot of prayer together. And the way that she spoke to God was unlike anything I had ever heard before. The way that she just claimed the authority of the name of Jesus and sought the Lord with her whole heart. And it had such an impact on me and it taught me a whole new way to pray and communicate with God. Um, And I haven't been the same since. And so I was wondering, to close us out today, Hope, if you would just give a prayer of blessing over our listeners um, and just, I don't know, close us out in prayer today. 
I, I would love to. I love to. I love to pray. Thank you for encouraging me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In our times together, I do. I love to um, to pray and to seek the Lord and to hear him. So, yeah, let, let me pray. Okay. Let's pray for us. Oh, Jesus, I am. Um, God, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for Jess. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for all of the, the people tuning in to hear, um, hopefully, a word from you that would be encouraging, God. I pray for their hearts. I pray for everyone um, who's listening. You know exactly where they are. You know exactly um, if they're in their car or in their home or at their work listening to this. God, you know the exact season of life that they're in. God, you know if it's a good day or if it's a hard day. God, and I thank you that you were there. And I, and I pray right now they would have a revelation of who you are, God, that they would know that you are with them, that you care for them, and that you are right with them um, through the good and through the bad. God, I pray that you would give us a hunger, all of us listening, Lord, a hunger to know you more and to know the true you, not what culture says or what our own experiences say about you, but to know who you are, God, um, and to know that through your word. So I pray for a hunger for your word, a hunger for prayer, um, and a desire then to share what we're learning with other people and to encourage them in their journeys. God, I, I just thank you. I just bless those who are listening. Um, bless the work that you're doing in their lives. Bless the, the paths that you have them on, the ministries that you've set them in, the callings that you have for each and every one. God, may they glorify you and may they bring your kingdom to their little corner of this earth today. God, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. 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 Hope, thank you so much for joining us today. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a delight and a pleasure. What an amazing conversation with Hope and um, that prayer at the end. Oh, I love it. We just got to remember to keep going to God in prayer with thankfulness, with requests, with just anything that's on our minds, um, because He is the source of everything. I heard recently somebody say, God is your source. Everything else is a resource. And I kept thinking of that with so many things that Hope was sharing about how she she and Cheke had to wait on God's timing. And, you know, He opened the doors and <laughs> drew out the red carpets at exactly the perfect time. And you know, I'm just reminded that God is the only one who can provide something for us. He's the only one who can create something out of nothing when we have a need. Um, everything else in the world can be traced back to God. And um, this is from, I'm, you know, I was reading about this in The Power of God's Names by Tony Evans. And he talks about this concept that God is the ultimate source. Therefore, everything else in the world is merely a resource. And I want to leave you with James 1, 16 through 18, which says, Do not be deceived, my beloved friends. Every good and perfect thing given is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercises of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, and so we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. I just love that there is no shifting shadows in him. He never changes. He's the father of heavenly lights, and every good and perfect gift is rooted in him. And he created it all out of nothing. <laughs> and if we believe that is true, then there's nothing to fear 
with the current circumstance you find yourself in because he is bigger than all of it. So I just want to leave you with that word of hope today. And one final reminder before we go, um, if you have been listening for a while or if you're new, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment, if you've been enjoying the show, just to go into whatever app you listen on and give us a rating um, and a review that really helps other people find us because uh, we want to keep getting the word out about the show so that more and more people can continue to know God on a deeper level and be encouraged by the testimonies that they hear. Um, and just so God's name can be praised. Also, if you really believe in the mission of the Collected Podcast and Collected Ministries as a whole, um, check out our website, collectedministries.org, and there's a donate tab as well. And I would just be so grateful if you became a monthly donor at any amount. Um, That is what funds our ministry. It's all tax deductible. And we couldn't do this without the generosity of our supporters. And I'm just so grateful for all of you, um, whether you listen and also support us, or if you just tune in to listen, that's a huge support and encouragement to me as well. So just um, a tremendous thank you to all of you, especially if you've made it to the very end with me today. Um, So I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Jess Biondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.